1: Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour Podcast. As you can see, probably already by the runtime, it's actually gonna be pretty short this time. We only have Maya and Maspalomas to talk about. Then later in the like in the off-season, we'll bring it the season review in parts. Uh probably, maybe, maybe even up to three if the season review is as long as it was last year. Uh, I think that would make a lot of sense. But you know, for now we only get Maya and Maspalomas here. We are saying goodbye to the ATP2 Challenger Tour 2023 season. 2022 season and yes Jakub where do you want to start uh, both events of course were Challenger 80s so yeah let's let's start with Maya which I think was the more more interesting more exciting final
2: sort of where Luca van Ash won his first Challenger title at 18 years old he obviously reached three finals earlier in the season uh, well, not really that much earlier in the season, they were all since, you know, <laughs> October or something. Uh, but finally he broke through, he beat Maximilian Neukrist, 3-6, 6-4, 6 Uh Vanash's run included being, uh, beating uh, Elias Imer, 6-2, 6-1 in the first round, then beat Lazarov. Kakhov came back from a set down against Vukic in the semis. Uh, he now moves at the 38 spots, number 138. I did not realize that he was going to be this high in the rankings, breaking the top 150. Uh, he was, you know, at the end of the top 300 at the end of September, pretty much. Uh, so this is a huge improvement for him, uh, a, a good opportunity to probably make a run at the top 100 with how sort of lopsided his season has been with with most of the season, uh, most of the points coming at the end of the season. But yeah, what did you think of Vanash here?
1: Yeah, Uh, as you said, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that all the finals were actually like just in the past two months or so. The first one was uh, on the 2nd of October. So, you know, the the event was uh, basically September, October. So in little over two months, he's made four challenger finals as you said he's uh you know so high in the rankings right now i think it's pretty clear that there's going to be a top 100 push from vanash later uh, i mean in 2023 uh major points i mean he starts dropping them pretty much in the in these last two months uh so yeah uh, i would be really surprised if we don't get vanash in the top 100 next year it makes sense because he's definitely getting more comfortable on the offense trying to you know just um uh, have something else in his game other than the consistency which used to uh, used to be the thing for him in the past uh, perhaps there was some mental block when it comes to the finals because he had that unbelievably trash performance against Kotic uh, last in, in Valencia. And then came to Maya and yeah, we saw that it was just a one off that he's basically still playing great. Uh, of course, beats, you know, maybe, maybe the caliber of the opponents were it wasn't that great, but still beat Vukic, who was very dangerous on these indoor clay courts in general. Vukic is pretty good on faster clay surfaces. And, uh, of course, Neukrieg in the final was mostly a, fitness battle because well we will get to the austrian but he was very tired coming into this one and and vanash was just so much fresher that he couldn't really lose it although you know in two sets maybe but the third was just a very simple thing for him which actually leaves us without much like info on whether vanash would have you know choked if there was any close uh battle if if maybe these finals were in his head but yeah, right now he's gotten over this, and even though he's still maybe not the most exciting player to watch, you you kind of gotta respect how much he's improved in in the past two months or so, practically. Yeah, and I mean with his ranking now and with his
2: age, a lot of people will be getting excited about him, even if his even if his game is not the most exciting itself. But really, this hemisphere of ranking where he is, he's on the same points as Lukas Klein. He's ahead of somebody like Hugo Grenier. Um, it's it's really, you know, <laughs> shocking that, he, that this rocket rise that he's had. Uh, although, yeah, with, with, with this run, uh, he, he didn't maybe get a little bit lucky in the final and he didn't have to face someone at the top of their game. Um, but we can talk about Neukrius now, who reached his first Challenger final at 31 years old. He had only ever had one previous semifinal uh, in Loughborough in 2018. Uh, He started in qualifying here, uh, beating Silva, then saved the match point against Piccione. In the main draw, he defeated Dominguez in straight sets, but from there it was just battle after battle. Skatov in three tiebreaks. Koinsky, 6-7, 6-3, 6-4. He beat Nuno Borges, my pick, in a third set tiebreaker. So it was understandable that by the time he got to the final, he didn't have that much left. Uh, nonetheless, he moves up 82 spots, number 277. What did you think of
1: Neukrius here? <laughs> yeah, pretty unbelievable run, of course. Uh, the best one of his career by far at 31 years of age. Um, I mostly knew him as a guy who volleys pretty well and, of course, serves well. Uh, the forehead is is pretty powerful as well. And this week he showed a totally different like, version of himself, defending a lot with the slice um yeah just surviving grinding rallies which maybe in turn also you know played a part in how the final looked because well he played for three hours 30 against Skatov, two hours 28 i think against choiński two hours uh, 30, uh, 48 against Borges, three days in a row uh in the qualifying he saved the match point with an unreturned serve against pikiona which yeah looking at uh at what he did later in the week of course is crazy uh only upsets in the main draw and actually pretty substantial ones uh you know not maybe not counting the one against dominguez uh is that repeatable i think we i think we also sort of know the answer uh but it would be fun to see you know nycris like play something like i don't know get to the grand to Grand some qualifying range again in fact if he won today he would have been like 240 250th, i believe so with some chance of of getting uh, a spot in the Austrian Open qualifying, which is pretty wild, and and yeah, now he he actually can build up on this result. Uh, the Maya Open also posts like um, press conferences on their YouTube, so if someone wants to hear Maximilian Neukris talking about his run for 12 minutes, it's it's easily findable there. I, I Or maybe it's actually not the tournament posting it, but like a Portuguese website. But yeah, I watched it today. He said some interesting stuff about you know no, not traveling with anyone uh because of money, and he he basically has a base in Switzerland and works with a physio and coach there. And and yeah, just was just talking about how you know being in the Grand Slam qualif- qualifying range would be would be really helpful in that regard but for now it's First, it's actually yeah. it's pretty impossible for him to that I'm trying to see but you know I'm probably not going to but I'm trying to think if he ever played Slam qualifying because he was 234th. it seems that he played the US Open in 2018 losing to Bolelli in the opening rounds. I'm not sure if anything else Australian Open nope, and the French I don't think either so
2: uh, yeah this is going to be huge for him if you can follow it up with, with another result get into actual uh some qualifying that, that 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 would be huge for him financially for sure uh he has had some decent doubles results as well i th- i think his doubles ranking is a is a good bit better than his singles ranking. Yeah, top 200. 100, yeah. 100 and, and i believe he won the title with yeah yes. in, in calgary um so yeah, I mean, he, he sort of has this has this opportunity to sort of rejuvenate, reignite his career, and that would be really really great to see for him. Uh, as for semi semifinalists, we can start with my pick, you know, Borges, who had an interesting run to the semifinals here. Started by destroying Eastomin six three six Lab, then he was down to Pedro Souza, who had to retire after six games. Uh, from from their match, unfortunately, beat Bonadio in straight sets, uh, then lost to Noakris in a third set tiebreaker. Sixth challenger semifinal on the season. Um, what did you think of Borges here?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he ever really played his best, but we we've talked about it a bit. That you know, Nuno has this peak level that he rarely touches. It seems, and most of the time he's at like. Now 50% and that's sort of what it felt like for the most part, but certainly good stuff to win against Bonadio because that was the match that secured him top 100. That was the match that secured him an Australian Open major spot. So that was, that was pretty huge. He's actually dropping uh, more points in December, but well. You know the entry list comes out tomorrow, so it's not going to matter. He's not going to be in the top one hundred at the end, uh, at the end of the year, but he will be in the, in the Austrian Open anyway. Uh, so, so definitely, yeah, uh, good stuff to win there. Uh, that was probably his best match of the week. Uh, well, East was, you know, wasn't that much of a rival, I guess. Uh, and yeah, against Novikov, he just was a mess mentally, uh, game wise, uh, completely off from the pretty much from start to finish. Uh, maybe only that that part from uh where he was down to five in the first set, then he like just went for bigger targets and survived. but uh but in general that that wasn't really his best, which is a bit surprising because well, he usually does well uh, in Maya, it's definitely you know it's his hometown. it's it's one of his favorite venues.
2: yeah, our other semifinalist was Alexander Vukic, uh, maybe a bit, of, a bit of a surprise here on, on Clay, but he defeated Wessels 6-1 in the third, beat Karlovsky, who beat him last week in Andreas 6-3, 6-1. Defeated Rodionov as well, 7-5 in the third, was a setup on Banasz. Uh He now has had semifinals or better in the three of his last four challengers, because uh, he had those back-to-back finals. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of Vukic here?
1: Yeah, as I sort of mentioned when we were talking about uh, Von Asch, I think, uh, on faster clay, Vukic has always been pretty good, uh, had good runs in like Prosteyov, uh, beat Alcaraz in Rangaros qualies, and that was uh, that was the September version, uh, September? Yeah, I think it was September when, when it actually played very fast, uh, so... Uh, so, so not that much of a surprise. He said he's been traveling the world a lot recently. You know, in one month, going from Australia to Canada to the States to, to then to Europe. Uh, but certainly a nice run for him to at, at the end of the year. Maybe also someone who could make a push to the top 100 next year. But you know, he's dropping Bangalore in in February. But after that, he was just a non-factor until sofia quarters i guess so yeah so maybe there's a chance there but he needs to have a strong summer and it seems that uh natural surfaces in general and also clay haven't really been you know slower clay have hasn't really you know they haven't really been his forte so that that makes it a bit tough yeah and over in the
2: doubles we have the grand finale of the double season uh cash and Patton defeating. Uh, Borges and Cabral, uh, Cash and Patton winning their 10th Challenger title since they teamed up in like May or something. It's insane. Uh, They've been the best team on the Challenger Tour by far. Uh, Got something insane, like 1,100 points together uh, (laughs) on the Challenger Tour. Uh, They're both top 70 now. It's been an insane story. I I really look forward to them on, on the main tour next year. Um, and yeah, Borges and Cabral. Uh they, they also had six finals this season, including their uh, Estoril final on the main tour. Uh Borges, as you said, this is his hometown. Uh Cabral,
1: I don't know if this is his hometown, but yeah, Cabral they, they is from both- Porto, but I, I think Porto is like um a few kilometers from Maya. Yeah, so they were both very committed to this tournament. And it was it was
2: a great final to to finish it off 10-8 uh for cash patent. But yeah, we
1: can move. On. We can move on. To yeah, probably- I I I, I want to say a bit about the doubles <laughs> but, too. Yeah. Right. Uh, this was probably one of my favorite doubles events of the year for sure. Like the 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 semis, Borges Cabral Sitsipas Verbi and Kashpat uh, and Kubot Valkov. That's that's pretty insane. And uh, I watched uh, all both semis, the final, which is pretty rare for me when it comes to the doubles Challenger Tour. Uh, but this was, yeah, th- this was just a story of the year, honestly. Doubles, Cash, Patton, the best team of 2022, being playing Borges Cabral, so the best team of 2021. Cash and Patton, I think, were on like a 10, 11, 11 match win streak. And Borges and Cabral had a 21 match win streak in Portugal, not counting uh, a DC tie on Indoor Hard, also a 10 match win streak in Maya. So, you know, it, it really doesn't get bigger than that. It was, uh, it was something else. And of course, it was very high level as we, as we expected, very tight until 7-7 as well. Uh, Cash Paten, uh, you know, winning it is actually like a better, better finish to this story, I think. Um, as we yeah. mentioned last week, uh, they got the record for like the, the most uh challenger doubles titles in a single season as a pair uh, previously it was held by the rati at eight now Kash and had actually got 10 in a single season and this might be honestly unbreakable just like greek sports eight uh in singles this just seems so insane uh, overall they won 14 titles this year and something that i think needs to be like mentioned every single time when we're talking about cash pattern before surbiton so the first challenger they played and won this year neither had even played a doubles challenger so that's that that's how absurd it was i think patent played a couple of qualifying uh campaigns back in the day uh in singles uh, and cash, uh, cash cash neither so um yeah it, it's just absurd absurd and yeah now everyone is looking at them you know can you can you make a push for like atp finals next year and it, it wouldn't be that far-fetched of course it's unlikely but we i i think it's Pretty fair to say that we would be disappointed if they like don't make a single final on the ATP Tour next year because into into fifties, no not scoring third set super tiebreak. It's really not that you know much much of a stretch. Like it, it, it's not that much of a difference between the levels, and you know sometimes very random uh, teams even make make it deep uh, at similar ranking range last year. Uh, Glasspool and Jalevara finished the year. And they were in the ATP finals. Is that possible? I, I don't know, but certainly one of the best stories we've seen uh on the Challenger double circuit, and maybe even the, the best one that you know in, in 43 years of of the tours, 44 years of uh, of the tour existing, we, we've seen because yeah, that was that was something else.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I feel like they certainly have it in them to win an ATP title. I would be shocked if they don't win an ATP title. I feel like, you know, ATP Final's first season, obviously we had Glassboro <laughs> and Guevara who weren't as dominant, but they were still a very strong challenger team. Uh, and and they did it. I feel like they certainly have the quality to both have like a top 30 year-end finish. I feel like that's my prediction mm-hmm. for Cash of you know, quite uh you know lukewarm but <laughs> <Yeah>. even, <laughs> uh, even if yeah.
1: they don't finish there i mean that uh, until april they're uh they're not dropping uh, like barely any points because they started playing in april and they were both uh in like top 450 ranking something like that and you know they started playing the challenge during june so it, it's pretty fair to say that until may they might get to like the top 30 yeah and and then we'll see Yeah. And over in Mas Palomas, uh, we had,
2: we had Dusan Lajovic win the title, the top seed, defeating Steven Diaz 6164. Lajovic's seventh career challenger title, his first one since April 2018. Obviously, he's been primarily on the main tour since, since that one. Um, on his run here, he beat Chepeliev, Lopez Morillo, got a walkover from Andreev, came back from a set down against Yamas Ruiz before beating Diaz in the final. Up twenty three spots, number
1: eighty in the rankings. What did you think of Lajovic? Um, I don't know why neither of us like had it in mind to pick him honestly, because most uh, of he, the time he lost, mm-hmm. he lost, he lost to Zekic. Yeah, uh, that's that, that, that's time. right. Yeah, I think. Uh, but I mean, other than that, he was always like going deep in the challengers he played this year, but. Not, not not winning titles, but true, that, that, that Zekic round one loss was probably what got us. Um, and yeah, of course, we didn't expect him to have this sort of a draw because, well, the highest ranked opponent he faced was 348, Steven Diaz, in the final. Uh, Andreev would have been in the top 100, a top 200 um, you know, opponent for him, but he uh, withdrew before the quarterfinals. I think it was a right knee injury. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it, it ended up that he actually had a pretty, very, pretty safe run. Uh, Yamas Ruiz, of course, was the, was the toughest opponent. Uh, but after the first set, it wasn't really a contest anymore. Uh, as Lajovic improved, Yamas Ruiz failed to sort of, you know, get to stay, stick with him. And Diaz, I think, was a very comfortable opponent for him as well. Uh Just uh, not much really the Canadian can do about someone like Lajovic who, um, you know, if, if if he's like not overheating, just, carefully building points. DS obviously can't really play offense or anything, just try to country disrupt Lajovic in any way. And, And it was just a very, very safe victory for Lajovic. Definitely not the most impressive challenger title, but it's huge for him in the sense that he gets the Australian Open, gets the top 100. Uh, I think, like, officially he finished the year at 102 because that's, like, after the ATP finals, I think it's counted. But, no, in real sense, he's going to be in the top 100 at the end of 2022. And, uh, and yeah, and he will be in the Austrian Open. So a tough year for him, but he's done enough to to sort of, you know, stay on the main tour.
2: Yeah, I I was surprised that it it, uh, took him all the way up to number 80, but I didn't realize just how tight uh, that sort of 80 Mm -hmm. through 110 area was. Uh, So yeah, that that was enough for him to, to go all the way to 80 with this title.
1: Yeah, it's super tight there, right? Like, uh, that's why Nuno, for example, only needed, uh, three wins, right? And Mahaj to break the top 100 in Andriac, he only needed one, I think. So, you know, usually we, we did, uh, we expected the players like to, 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 break the top 100 with, uh, with a title, with a final. But yeah, it's extremely tight there, really. You can, you can just jump, I don't know, 30. <laughs> yeah, to, like, like Lejovic, you can jump 23 positions with 80 over 80 points. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Uh, and as for Steven Diaz, it was his sixth challenger final. Only one title that he has to his name. Couldn't add one this time around. His first one since February 2021 in Las Palmas. He started by getting breadsticked by Valentin Vachero, but turned that match around, won 6-4 in the third, beat Eshargi 6-3 in the third, beat Moroni 6-4 in the third. Finally got his first straight set win over Roca Batalla in the semis uh, before losing to Lajovic. He was up 72 spots, number 276. Any thoughts on Diaz here?
1: Yeah, quite a surprising run. And as we mentioned, all the uh you know, at some point it started looking like lejovich has to win this event, although the Yamasuri uh semifinals, of course, tough. Uh, so I don't think it was anything that really Steven Diaz is. You know, it, it wasn't a fantastic run. Let's be honest. He also didn't really have any challenger quality opponents, maybe outside Moroni, uh, and who, well, uh, has had a very tough year with injuries, of course. But usually, is a is a great player. Uh, Vachero, you know, on, on on a slower play court, that that's not really uh, not really what he's not really what he's best at. Uh, so, still huge for Steven Diaz ranking wise. Of course, he was also having a. A pretty tough year and uh apparently also he last year last month he lost to he lost an itf final to roca bataya so i uh, got oh, wow. got got a pretty nice rematch in uh in this in the semis here and then yeah, as i said I, I just don't think you know he can beat a player like Lajovic with his game profile if layovic like you know is just patient enough yeah,
2: as for as semifinalists, let's start with Yamaz Ruiz, uh, who's made back to back semifinals now. Very, very big for him. On this run, he beat Michalski, Kanyas, and Giustino. Uh, and that has taken him into the, the number 355, so breaking the top 400. Uh, some really big results for, for Yamaz Ruiz recently. Uh, what are your thoughts on him this week?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's, it felt like this is a huge breakthrough for him and certainly would have been if he beat Lajovic, because like that, that would have been the perfect win to, to sort of end this. Of course, it wouldn't be the end because he would have had the final, but to, to sort of end this great streak of tournaments in Braga, Valencia and Palomas. Of course, there were a couple of ITFs where he didn't do as well in the, in the meantime. Uh, but yeah. Together with these with these three runs, I think we can certainly expect a lot from Yamas Ruiz next year. You know, just playing challengers more than he was able to do this year, and uh, and yeah, getting getting runs like that on a regular basis. Uh, he was actually probably you know his draw was was much tougher than than what uh, Lajovic had, than what Zekic uh, Zekic not Zekic, but Diaz had um, certainly a couple of good wins with with Moro especially who was I I think both of them were like you know. Great dark horse peaks for the for this event. <laughs>
2: uh yeah, as far as the semifinal, it was Roca Batalla. He beat Sanchez Isquito, head, and got a walk over from Koshiva uh, to reach to reach his third career challenge semi his first one since September 2016. Uh, what did you think of
1: Roca Bataya here? Yeah, he sh- will probably be a little disappointed with the semifinal exit because, well, mm-hmm. as we as we said, he, he beat Diaz. Uh, a month ago in a 25k final pretty wild of course he was a challenger player earlier in the, you know, in the past this year it hasn't really felt like he's done much but that's you know he he had to play the qualities for for most of his challenger appearances um has he even like had any like quarterfinal or something i don't think so right he won a round in Liberets. And that's, okay. He had a quarterfinal in to, uh, in Tunis. That was one of the, the weakest challengers as well with in, in Ron Garros uh, qualifying week, uh, where he mm-hmm. played, uh, sorry, uh, Adler and Gil, uh, to make the quarters. So definitely not a strong grinder. Of course, he's a pretty good grinder and, yeah. uh, I guess with, with the draw he had, actually, it, it, it's more impressive than you know than it seems, this run, because well, Hertz and Sanchez is scared, though. Uh, it's actually just Lajovic who just lucked out and, <laughs> and didn't play anyone uh, who was, well, in the top 350 before the final. Yeah, and over
2: in the doubles, we had Evan King and Reese Stolder uh, win this title. Evan King, I think he... Broke like a like a six match losing streak. Uh, in in this tournament, uh, they beat the Sabanov brothers in the semifinals in two uh in two tiebreakers and then beat Portolotti and Matos Gornes 11-9 in the super tiebreak. And we go over to our final match of the week and upset of the week.
1: Where would you like to start this time? Uh yeah, I totally forgot about it. So if you could start with maybe the match of the week.
2: All right, yeah. My match of the week. I'm going with the with the doubles final in Maya Cash Patton over Borges Cabral. It was exciting. It was everything I wanted to be in the super tiebreaker. We had a lot of you know ups and downs. Borges and Cabral started three love up. Uh, Cash and Patton went to six three. Then they got back to seven seven, uh, and Cash and Patton ultimately won at 10-8. It's just it, I yeah. We we can't say enough just how incredible. It is what they've done this season. They're, I think their first tournament on clay as well, I'm almost certain. Um yeah, it's 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 just great what they've done. 77 wins hmm. for
1: yeah, that's 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 not together. That's, that's just for Henry Patton on the season, but 77 yeah, wins and in- 60, and ten is their is the record uh with each other. Um yeah. that, uh, hmm? yeah it's, it's it's just crazy so uh
2: yeah i, I have to go with, with Cash and paten for match of the week over boris Cabral.
1: that's pretty interesting and honestly i think i might follow although i'm going to say that uh i probably enjoyed uh, cash paten kubot valkov just as well just as much uh but yeah the the whole storyline there with cash paten was of course off the charts and uh yeah as i said I, there's definitely like never been uh bigger challenger doubles match uh at least in our memory but i doubt it i mean to, to get something like that you know end of the year last match not counting singles of course last match and we get the the, the match between the record-breaking team of 2022 against the uh, 2021, maybe not so record breaking, but you know just as good. To the other team also in, in playing at home, basically. Yeah, it has to be it. Actually, I, I I was considering like choosing some match from singles, and I will maybe mention you know Chris Borges was even though the quality wasn't as great. Maybe uh you know the drama was there. Noinkrist Skatov was amazing as well. That three hour 32 match, uh, Skatov Yonel in the opening round, Bonadio Alvarez Varona in Maya. There were a lot of uh, a lot of quality matches like that. I think from um it would be a little harder from Mas Palomas probably. Uh, most matches were quite, you know, quite simple from like the the, the second round onwards. Uh but yeah, has to be Borges Cabral Kashpatin.
2: All right, and for our final upset of the week of the season, I'm going to go with Neukriest over Borges. Uh, Borges, to me, I mean, he just seemed like the, like the biggest favorite. That's why I picked him. Uh, beginning of the week, uh, Neukriest obviously got a couple of wins before that. He he beat Skatov, he beat Koinski, but it just seemed so unlikely to me that that Borges would be uh, also falling to him. So yeah, I'll I'll go with that one for upset of the week.
1: Yeah. And I guess I will have to follow you again. I think, uh, yeah, by the time we reached the semis, I definitely thought Junior was taking this, uh, especially as I expected that Vanash would pro- pro- potentially be sort of, you know, uh, either tired or maybe mentally, uh, tired in the final. Uh, it didn't, well, we didn't get to see what would have happened, but yeah, Neukrist has had, um, brilliant wins against Katov, Hoinski, Borges. I think the one against Hoinski was probably Nah, nah the, the one against Borges definitely was more surprising. If Neukriest won the final, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised at all because I think the matchup was actually pretty good for him, but, you know, if he had the legs. Uh, but yeah, it probably has to be Neukriest over Borges. And um, there was, uh, because you you had Hanfman in Las Palomas, right, who withdrew. So yeah, if, yeah. If Borges... <laughs>
2: There, there, there was no more intrigue. I just wanted to make it close uh, for,
1: yeah, <laughs> for I the- mean, uh, if Borges won, then we would have had this, you know, what would have happened? And because because Borges didn't win, uh at least I have the you know the the honor of uh, being certain that I had the victory, even though my peaks were, didn't do well. Uh, I mean Skatov lost to Neukrist, so I suppose that's fine, but uh Shevchenko lost to Moro in the opening round. Uh, but yeah, um glad I won. And I'm also choosing uh over Borges for upset of the week. So we did much on both uh categories. Uh anything else to to add? I think that's
2: it. We'll we'll hit everybody else with with the season reviews, all of, all of that stuff that we did last year uh, later in the in the off season. But yeah, good good season behind us. I think it was it was exciting for sure.
1: Yeah, you can keep coming back uh, to hear us on the Monday edition uh, of the Great Shot Podcast. Of course, uh, there's gonna be some content there for you. Probably the season review in at least two parts, maybe three. And yeah, uh, I wanted to say something, but I'm totally forgot right now. Um, I don't know, yeah, maybe I'll come up with it later, but apparently, maybe hopefully it's not that important. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And yeah, see you in uh, 2023, not because we're gonna see you in a week, uh, but yeah, I wanted to say that bit, uh, you know, where I say which events we're gonna discuss next week, but then I realized that there's no events. <laughs> Uh, So, yes, uh, once again, thank you. Bye.